0: Welcome to the Jesus Said Love podcast. This is a space where we talk about what it means to awaken hope and empower change.
1: Listen, for over a decade, Em and I have been fostering relationships with men and women who've been impacted by the commercial sex industry.
0: And it's through those relationships that Jesus Said Love was born. We figured it was time to talk about what this ministry has taught us and is still teaching us along the way.
1: I promise it's gonna be a place of conversation and story. We hope you learn something new. Maybe you see something in a new way.
0: Fun fact, you're gonna hear music because Brett and I are musicians. Yep. We can't just talk, nope. we gotta sing and play
1: too. We do. Here's the deal guys. Our hope is that as you hear these stories, that you'll tap into your own story and that you'll be encouraged to live and love well like Jesus. Welcome back to the Jesus Said Love podcast. I am your host, Brett Missing Emily. She's not here today, so I'm looking at an empty couch, but you're about to hear from Emily. I'm so excited about today's episode. Today is my birthday. Thank you, and uh, I cannot think of a better way to celebrate than to um, share with you part two of our friend Linda's journey. You might remember several episodes back, um, our friend Linda, um, who was addicted to drugs, was on her way to rehab. And uh, Emily thought, let's have a conversation and record it. And turns out Linda was sky high at the time of that recording. And so what you're about to hear is a conversation between Emily and Linda on the way back to Waco. She is 30 some odd days sober. And um, her words are just simply remarkable. You're going to hear about some a beautiful cast of characters, um, our good friends, uh, Gary and Marie Morgan. Gary was my college roommate at Baylor, and he's also uh, a member of our board of directors for Jesus Said Love. So um, the fact that his family is involved in this story is really just very special to us, even personally. Um, the idea of family um, is just amazing. And so... Uh, Without further ado, I want to welcome you to the conversation between Emily and Linda. I will say they are driving. You will hear road noise, but they are extremely safe, I promise. It's not like gramming while driving. Here's Emily and Linda.
0: Okay, well, we're here with Linda. Linda's in the house. (laughs) Linda is in the house, and it is just incredible to see her clear eyes and her um, full heart. And just, you know, the last time she was in my car and in this seat, she was high as a kite, higher than anyone I'd probably had in my car. But the conversation that we had was just she started it off by saying, this is what I see. And she was talking so honestly about addiction she was headed in to recovery because really the choice was prison or recovery and so that was pre-treatment her last the last time you as a listener heard linda's voice was um her getting ready to make the hard choice to go into treatment so a couple things i want to bring you up to speed on was that one of the things linda shared was that okay so i can have hope for 28 days but where's the hope after this? I have hope, and then I don't have hope. And so she, she brought us into this conversation of how challenging it is for women in addiction to go through recovery programs because the long-term help and the long-term aftercare is just really hard to come by, and you don't, you don't know what's going to be next, and there's not a real clear path laid out or a lot of resources that help with that long-term aftercare. Um, and so here, so she did the brave choice. I mean, she stayed through the recovery program for thirty days. I did twenty. 20 twenty-five out of 20. She did twenty-five out of twenty-eight, and um, and so I'm just going to let her bring us into what those, what that twenty-eight day program was like, and then bring us up to speed on where she's at now. So, how you doing? I'm doing good. It's so I'm so glad to. Um, be in a seat and be
2: sober and it's just like I'm looking at the sky right now as we drive and it's just um it's so beautiful that um God rescued me once again and that I am um <laughs> yeah I'm just looking at things a whole different way but I've been so blessed so yes I did go to a 28 day program I'm not gonna lie I I kicked and fought it <laughs> um, <laughs> I had a very sweet lady that um, took me, and um, bless her heart. Um, <laughs> Props was, to Don. We can say yes, Dawn. <laughs> thank you, Dawn, for uh, putting up with me because I was way out there. Yeah. So I thought it would be really... Um, well, here's what happened. Yeah, tell us what happened. So my, my little plan got all messed up. So I wasn't supposed to fall asleep the night before because I had been so high. So I thought, well, if I just stay awake, I can sleep on the way to recovery and I can just gently get out of the car and go into recovery and sleep for three to five <laughs> days. That was my plan. Well, I nodded off and went to sleep. So when I woke up, it was actually literally three minutes before dawn was to be at my door. So I'm freaking out. My cat's running away from me, you know, she's like so scared that she's peeing on the floor. I'm like, (laughs) woke up my grandma like, I need coffee. And I'm like, oh no, what I'm gonna do? So because I went to sleep for a while, my body wants to get high again.
0: Yeah, so that's the cycle, right? Yes. This is physiological, what we're talking here. Yes. So you do dope like this, and you immediately (laughs) introduce this drug to interact with your physical, chemical, Wiring. yes yeah so you wake up and it's like get high. get high yeah and that's and especially I'm thinking
2: okay well I'm going to recovery oh well all the more to get high you know <laughs> last time <laughs> last time Party. No. and so I really don't know what I had planned on doing with the extra but I remember looking in the bag and thinking oh I just had I thought I had a little but I actually had more than what I thought and which that wasn't good so I'm thinking, well, i got to get rid of it, you know, and maybe if I do it all, I'll just be high for three to five days or something, and it'll last in me, and, you know, I'll be okay. I can get through this recovery. That's the way my mind was thinking. Oh, that's the way my mind was thinking because I just, you know, I wanted it to, to numb and just go through this easily. And so I went into the bathroom, and I, I saw it up, and I smoked, and I snorted. I did probably three grams at least. Um, That's a lot, probably the most I've ever done at one time.
0: Smoked, snorted, shot up. Yes. Yeah. The
2: most I had ever done at one time, and in my life life. at one time. You know, I've done that over the period of the day, but I did this all at one time, and um, I flushed the baggie in the commode, and I automatically started throwing up. Um, here I have Dawn in my house talking to my grandma. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's not funny, but we can laugh about it now because it's, it's it's insane, right?
2: It really is insane. And I remember seeing my grandma sitting on this stool in the middle of the kitchen. And I'm like, you know, for me, I was looking at her. She looked, you know, a little... Kind of funny, yep. but I mean everything looked kind of funny. I mean my cat didn't even look like a cat. Wow. Like I'm thinking, oh no, what have I done? So I really did get scared inside. There was a there there was a fear like, oh my gosh, I could actually die. Yeah. And I got really scared and thought, like, I'm gonna play this off, you know? I'm okay, I'm okay. And so Dawn looked at me and I know she looked at me. and she, She's thinking, oh no, what did I get myself into? <laughs> got to
0: put her in my car for two hours (laughs) and I think she called did she call you yeah she told me you were so high she goes Emily she's really high and I said well (laughs) she's been really high for the past seven several months I mean since access let out you know I said she's she's been getting high and she said well like I don't know if she's gonna get in the car like I don't know if you know, she's just really high. And I was like, do she need to go to the hospital? Is she coherent? Is she, and she's like, yeah, she's, I mean, mm. she's walking around. She's getting <laughs> stuff done. Oh yeah, I was. Okay.
2: I was getting stuff done. Um, but yeah, I heard her saying something like that. She's really high. And then she asked me, she says, so you, you're high with Emily sometimes. I'm like, Oh yeah. You know? And, oh yeah. Every day. Yeah. She's like, this high? So I think she
0: was right. just, you know, because she saw me so, she probably thought, out in the world, is to do this? And I'm, I'm in, for context, I'm in Louisville, Kentucky, so I'm out of state with Hattie while all this is happening. So we've arranged the recovery bed for her at the treatment facility, we've arranged Dawn to give her a ride, so everything's kind of on a timeline, yes. everything's on a system, Except I'm for me. Uh, I'm out of state and everything's supposed to go smoothly. So their system
2: was going a lot different than my system was going. Um, So I remember getting in the car and we had a conversation. I, I believe we had a good conversation. And I remember... All of a sudden we drive up and I'm like, what are we, what are you doing? Are you stopping to go to the bathroom? She said, no, we're here. I said, no, there's no way we could be here. We like been in the car from like, I said, didn't we go to Dallas from Waco? She said, yeah, we're here. I was like, we only been in the car for like two minutes. (laughs) That's how high I was. I just want to paint this picture so that you can see the beauty of it. Because I mean, I was so gone that I literally thought I was in the car for two minutes and I've been in the car for two hours and when we drove up I saw cameras everywhere I mean Emily loves to take me places with cameras anyway and I'm like and I asked her I said so Emily put me in this place because she knows I don't like cameras <laughs> Emily knows I don't like cameras and so there was cameras in the bushes there was you know because it's a it's a um, rehab facility so of course they've got tweakers like me coming they're going to have cameras so I remember them coming out and They were so nice. I wanted to take all the stuff that I wasn't allowed to take it and they're just like, let her take it. You know? know? And I think I took a whole bunch of things that I wasn't supposed to have, but she can have this extra blanket, whatever it took to get me out. And um, it was a fight to get me out of the car. I don't know how long, but they finally got me out. And I remember just going in a place and I mean, I was climbing over there reception office yes and I called you yeah and I was literally in this lady's lap talking to Emily and I just remembered that and so these people knew how I came in but unfortunately because my blood pressure was 240 over 210 um something like that
0: I immediately had to go to the hospital um I was and and Dawn had turned around and left. Dawn was headed back to Waco after getting you cigarettes and putting them in your stuff. then didn't even know she did. Yeah. But so she turns around. She's headed back home because she's got kids and got stuff to do. And all is supposed to go well getting in to recovery. But we had no idea. We knew she was high, but we didn't know how high, and we didn't know her blood pressure what would, would be like how in danger you were yes. you were you were in danger of stroke. another stroke I yes. mean you've had strokes before and um and so that's when they called me you called me I'm in Kentucky and it's like how do we get her to the hospital we can't take her yes said, so can an ambulance they said no they would be responsible for that bill I yes, think they, they, they had to get me off the property they though. had to get you off the property because they didn't want to be responsible if you had a stroke yes. so uber has a great feature now where you and I've learned this with with our friend Linda I can schedule an uber if needed for safe transportation uh-huh. um, and I did that um, and they got, they the got you quick. they got you very quickly and got you to uh, the hospital.
2: Yeah, yes. The Uber driver actually was very nice, and actually had to get a wheelchair and get me in there. I was, um, I remember just kind of like just nodding out. I was going out. I was be, huh, I was really kind of getting scared. I remember my breathing getting rapid and kind of getting scared. Um, the doctor said that he doesn't know because it wasn't showing up exactly, but I probably had a couple of strokes because my my blood pressure was so high. So, here I am, I'm in the hospital, I got IVs, and I got all this going, and, um, you know, uh, then it was time to, to get to get out, to go home, whatever, and, and... it's night. It's night, and it's Dallas, and it's downtown, and... and Nexus is closed yeah. for the recovery. Yeah, yeah you can't... Nexus can't, is closed for the weekend. Yeah, you can't get back. It's Friday. Yeah, it's Friday. Yeah. So, they're closed. I can't get back in, and I'm like, okay, so what's going to happen, and... I didn't, you know, there was offer, us thing to go to the psych ward. I'm like, I'm not doing that. You know, i got to remember I was still pretty high, yeah. even though they, they flushed. I mean, they gave me IV bags and stuff like that, but I still had it in me yeah. and I was actually coming down. So it was very defiant uh-huh. and I'm not a very nice person when I come off drugs. And so I argued with <laughs> poor Emily on the phone. She was trying to make all these arrangements for me, help me out the best she could to have
0: people come help me. But nothing was working in my That's mind. Well, and and all the shelters were full. And that was the other, just resourcing, resourcing this woman, you know, who desires to go into treatment. And she's willing to go, but now the the places are full. Except, you did have a choice to go to the psych ward. Yeah. But that was off the table for you. Yeah, I wasn't doing it. And... And so, you know, there there
2: was some choices. But then, right there at the end, I'm like, I'm just gonna hitchhike and go back to Waco and oh. get high again. That's what I was gonna do because I was coming down. And so, I was very vulnerable. It would have been very easy. And not only would I have to go to Waco, I was sitting right next to a guy that offered me up. So I was like, oh no. But he wanted me to do something for it. And I'm like, man, I'm just, I'm too sick for that. Like I've yeah. just been through so much. I couldn't even. I turned it down because
0: I couldn't even physically think about even doing that but let's just I just want this is the world this is the world we live in so you have a woman who is still high who is is getting off dope at a hospital uh-huh. and there is a guy there uh-huh. waiting soliciting sex yes. from you you hadn't even been out of the hospital for two hours and you already get offered dope for sexual favors yes yeah I yes. mean it's it's and, and it's everywhere and vulnerable so, and I mean, women yeah. are a
2: prey I kept telling Emily, Emily, you just don't know. And so I hung up And well, what she wanted me. Well, here's what the glory of this is what's so beautiful. And I thought about this later. So I was being defiant and I really wasn't wanting to help myself. I was just have one thing in my mind and that was to go use. So she wanted me to call this lady that she got for me. Her name is Courtney, and she's with Rescue Hope. Well, I kept telling her, Well, my phone's messing up. I can't call. You know, I was just making excuses to tell you the truth yeah. because I was really making arrangements <laughs> behind her back about yeah. what I wanted to do just in case plan A didn't work. Right. You know, and survivor mode yes, that's, that's when I right. get in survivor mode it's not a good thing yeah and so I didn't call so Emily calls back did you call Courtney and I'm like no I think Emily's like gotta get frustrated like you know I asked you to call Courtney and so I said okay well I'll call her right now with you on the line to show you that she's not you know my phone's not working well Courtney answered I think yeah. at one ring and then Emily says oh I'm So I'm planning with Courtney to come pick me up and take me to a shelter where I was probably going to sleep by 100,000 people that I didn't know. It might not have been a good thing, but it would have got me safe for the night. And I'm over here planning it and Emily's on the other line listening. Well, I got my phone and she's listening and she says, oh, well, something just came through. And I'm like thinking later, you know, I feel like it was because I was obedient finally. And went ahead and called Courtney. You know, and God was wanting to see my obedience yeah. that I was going to go ahead and sacrifice and leave the dope alone and go sacrifice to something less that this family, the Morgans, which you'll hear a lot about, his family said, hey, I can help her. Yeah. And when Emily told me that, I said, you mean I'm going to get to sleep in a bed, <laughs> like a real bed with a real family?
0: I'm like, do they know I'm a drug addict, Emily? Yeah. I'm like, yeah, they know. It's okay, Angela. Yeah. So on my end of things um was totally being defiant and I also know Linda was being defiant and yes. Linda on my end of things Linda was um also incredibly scared and doing all she knew to do which was try to manipulate the situation to go get high again because her body is still doped up yeah and and her body is still wanting and um And so on my end of things, you know, I don't know if you remember this, but, you know, I just kept saying, we, we have got to pray for something to come through and I love you. And at one point you go, you don't love me. (laughs) Yes. I remember that. You don't love me. You dropped me off here and you are not getting me back to Waco and you don't love me at all. I mean, it was, it was low. Yeah. It was it was low and and the beauty in this is that I was nowhere near. Yes. Like I had to practice all my Al Anon steps, which was you gotta release mm-hmm. like there is no way to control what is going to open up and what's gonna happen here. You're out of the state. You're here with your daughter to make her experience of this yes. incredible volleyball tournament happen and you've gotta be present for that, Emily and this is, this is Linda's addiction. This is not, you didn't, and I remember at one point, I don't know if you remember, but I said, I love you and I didn't shoot the dope yes. in your neck this morning. Yes. You and, know, and I remember saying something in a selfish way, well,
2: you knew I was gonna do it. I mean, I was gonna do it one more time. You know, like, she really knows that. But yes, <laughs> thank you that Emily has, <laughs> thank you for grace.
0: And that well, she has forgiven me because I acted out. Well, I know that. And, you know, we, at, in that moment, I remember I was in the hotel bathroom while I'm on the line with Linda. And I've got my journal out, and I've got all the numbers of all the shelters and people who we connect with in, in the Dallas-Fort Worth area to see if they can get to her. And it, by now, it's about 10, 10.30. It's I mean, it's, it's late. It's getting late. It's getting late. Next to Um, I'm sitting, so they have
2: this county hospital where they actually let the bums come in and sleep at night. So I did not realize this. I saw people coming in, and this one guy that was sitting by me, he said, hey, we got the best spot. I said, the best spot for what? He said, because we're going to all sleep here tonight. He said, don't worry, I'll keep you safe. I'm like, oh, Lord. (laughs) And I'm like, Emily, you don't understand. You don't understand where I'm at. But you know what? I'm glad Emily was where she was and I'm glad God allowed me to be where I was because I sat and looked. Okay, I've been pretty low in my drug days but I've never had a sleep with bums. Yeah. Okay. And so my heart also went out for them in a way. As a matter of fact, when I got picked up, I looked back at them and Marie said, what, what, what's wrong? I said, I just feel bad leaving them. Like I wanted to help them because I felt, man, I'm going to a safe place, but I have to leave all these people that are sick on drugs and that are bums. And they're all, and they did. They all were yeah. covering in together, going to the bathroom and using. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, Lord, you know, I don't even have to hitchhike. It's right here, but then this family,
0: you know, I'll be yeah. there at 11. And well, I'll, yeah. So, and I'll bring you up to you on that. So, yeah. so, to, so I'm in the bathroom. We're having this conversation. She's like, I am sitting in this hospital with bums. Emily, I have never been here before. And I'm like, this is your addiction. This is where it brought you. And she's like, no, if, if my family knew they would never allow this. And I was like, but your family isn't here and your family you don't even failed know you where that came from. Yeah. And, and I was like, well, you know, this is where your addiction brought you. So we need to pray. We need to pray hard. Like, and I just remember writing in my journal among all these numbers, the only thing, and I saw it the other day when I went back and looked through my, um, my notes and it just, it's literally Jesus help Jesus come. Jesus save Jesus rescue Jesus please I mean one word one, I mean just Jesus I yes. mean I can't even we have no answers we have no lead and after I had got done writing all that you're we're on the line Courtney is on the line with you you know she's trying to figure out if a shelter it's already 10 or 10 30 it's late we don't even know if you could get accepted and right then I just heard call Marie yeah ask Marie and I'm like, Marie, like our board member's wife, Marie, who's a nurse practitioner call Marie. And Marie used to work at this hospital, um, as a nurse. And she'd recently gone into her own private practice for nurse practitioner. And she'd also been texting me a couple weeks earlier saying, I want to be involved one-on-one. I have a heart for a clinic for women. I want to be involved with women in Dallas who are in recovery, um, from addiction and the sex industry. And if there's ever a need, you just, you just, and I was like, Oh my gosh, is she, is she serious? I'm just going to text her. And so I, I mean, I think the worst one I did, I was, (laughs) I was like, Hey, I gave her the lowdown. I was like, um, I got a girl. She's at Parkland. She's high still. She's, she's been discharged. You know, she's got to go back to recovery on Monday, but I need a place for her through the weekend. Um, do you think you could go pick her up and help? And literally Marie was like, absolutely. I'm on my way. So that's who, that's where you went. Um, after that, talk to me about, uh, enter the Morgans and what they have meant. Like what happens when she picks you up? Okay. So Marie picks me up. I've never met her before. And she has this, Beautiful
2: smile. I remember just her helping me get in. Like and she's like, okay, oh, it's gonna all be okay, and she just gave me a hug and. I remember her looking at her. I said, "You know, I'm a drug addict, right?" She said, "Oh, yeah, that's fine." I said, "Well, do you have a family?" "Oh, yeah, I have three teenagers." I said, "Are they okay with that?" "Oh, yeah, you're gonna sleep in one of my daughter's room tonight because she's on a little slumber party." And I'm thinking, "I'm like, really?" She said, "Yeah, Emily, Emily, Emily said that you were, you know, it's okay. I, I trust Emily. I trust what they, you know, and and." And so I'm like, okay, well, thank you. And then she's like, are you hungry? And of course I was starving. I hadn't ate all day and um, I was like, yeah, I'm hungry. And she goes and gets me this food and I'm eating and I'm walking into the house. And I mean, her children and her husband were standing there, welcome. like. It was almost like just w- walking into heaven like, just welcoming me. And I remember, and as I walked in, I remember something I told Emily when I was so high. I just want to be in a family and a family that loves me. Yeah. And Emily said, you can do that, but right now you got to get sober. Like, you can't just, you know. And so this family just welcomed me in. Well, the weekend ended up going into a week because um, I, I went and I had to do some... Uh, business in waco with the trouble that i got because i had picked up a charge and um so i had to go to waco and marie's like i'll take her to waco so you know meanwhile this family's just loving me we were laughing you know i'm i'm i still was coming down a little bit and it was a really easy i said man i've never come down this well like i just transformed i mean i just went from being so high to coming down and not being sick like I usually get really sick and I didn't and I know that was because I was just in the in a peace like you know God just had me and um before you know it it was a week and then um, this family took me and got my medical going. I mean, my medical was just out of whack. I didn't
0: have the medicines I should have been taking. Um, I well, had- and the beauty was that Marie, just with her specialty, yes, I mean with her field, she was able and that's to- also why I felt really comfortable when god said call marie it just was a perfect fit because you were so sick and i knew you were so sick and so for her to be able to oversee and talk with doctors and get you established medical care was huge yeah so she said can i do assessment i'm like of course you know
2: and so she did an assessment on me she got me you know got me on track with everything and then um finally I get in, I get into Nexus, you know, and it's been about a week later. Um, and of course I go in looking different because I, I am down you know I've come down and I'm not using of course it took a long time for it to really get out of my body but I was feeling good I slept and I had ate and um, went back into uh, care and was like man you know you look a lot different now but went into care and of course the first night I wanted the first day when I, when I got in there the right way this time I walked in there the right way <laughs> and I filled out my paperwork the first time I didn't I think they forgot about paperwork. (laughs) but um, And so I, of course, the first night, you know, I'm like, oh, I don't want to be here. This, no, you know. And I did try to run about seven times within the first two or three days. um, Because, you know, I'm fighting that, okay, I want to do right, uh, but I I want this and I want that, you know. All of a sudden, you know, I think I deserve all this luxury and stuff. And, you know, but I stuck it out. And um, I had great great counselors which i counselors counseling is something i never really wanted to do um, i was dealing with very very hard grief and i i know that that's what spiraled me into addiction was the grief that i was going yeah. through um but then i was able to get with that they had a specialized grief counselor and i was able to do some things and um go through that and they said hey we're fixing to have a memorial this was like almost the end of my well about the two weeks into being in treatment they said we're going to have a memorial for women that we've lost through nexus and we have a, a, a serenity garden where we put plaques so they offered for me to they said would you write your daughter's story present it to us and we'll prove it and then we'll put your daughter on a plaque and we'll have a memorial wow and i thought you know I thought when I mean, for someone to love me and care for me that much and don't even know me and for the Morgans and how I just got there and for Emily and how all the transformation I started looking at everything and how beautiful it was and I wrote my daughter's story and I read it to two hundred about two hundred and fifty people and I was and then, you know, we honored that and I'm telling you I've never had so many hugs before in my life. Like, Emily, they just came up to me hugging me and crying crying because it, the story of, of how I lost my daughter from drugs, how how it impacted them and their life. And then even over the last week and even over to my graduation, um, I had a girl that came to me that wanted to know about God and I led her to God. And then I knew that I wasn't only at Nexus for me and for my addiction. But I was there to help someone else. And I was able to share the love of God. I was able to, I was witnessing with Morgans one day when they went to get an x-ray. I mean, I was able to, God was able to, to bring out in me what I knew I had in me, what he gave me, which was to tell the world about Jesus. Because I
0: love, I, I love to witness to people. And, and I think <clears throat> this is something that was just so... It's been so beautiful in my transformation of why the work of Jesus said love has changed my life because I think the assumption is like, all these people are so lost and all these people don't know Jesus. And it's not true though. Like there are so many women in the sex industry and there's so many women in addiction who actually love Jesus so much. And, um, And know God in a different way, like, yeah. Can you just you you do have such a special connection with with God, you know? And what what does what does God mean to you? What has God meant to you through just your life? Because you've been through some hard stuff, and you've never. I'm not saying that you know, all of us face different disappointments with God and struggles with God and things like that. But, but your faith has just amazed me. Yeah. And, and the thing is, I
2: think that's probably why I dealt with so much shame when I would relapse because I, I do have a very personal relationship with Jesus and I love him so much. And it was through other recovery homes and through other ministries too, that just to show me the love of God, because Because of my abuse, I did not see God as a heavenly God. I didn't see him as a loving God. I I didn't see him as that. But as I grew to know that Jesus was a loving father, that he was my papa, that he was my daddy, when I really saw that, I got a personal relationship with him. And I had, you know, um, I, I just had a deep desire to live for God and to help others. I mean, I feel like God has called me in the ministry to help women that have been in addiction like me. But I, when I fell, I felt so hard that I didn't feel worthy of it yeah. anymore. I didn't feel like I had a purpose. I didn't. I felt hopeless. I really didn't have any hope. The day that I was driven to Dallas, I'm going to tell you, I had zero hope. And I, if it wasn't, yes, I had to be the one to initially say, yeah, I want to get help. And yes, I'm going to stay and do this because nobody was making me do it. Right. But if I didn't have, Jesus said, love and the Morgan family. If I didn't have this net of love, I would have never gotten to where I am today. And my net of love has grown so much. My desire has always been, I wanna be a little kid again and be loved by a family, something that I did not receive. When I was a child. And I'm really getting to do it, man. I am... I, so the Morgans are still 100% in my life. I go to soccer games. I go to their house. <laughs> I'm with them all the time. I love them to pieces. They call me and tell me goodnight. I, their daughters are... are I'm, I just love them. I have such a sweet um, relationship with the oldest daughter. And we're just like... She's real protective over me. And I just think that's so cute, you know. <laughs> and just loves me.
0: And um, I was... Um, looking for oxford houses and so so i'm going to stop you right here okay so you get through this so you stay marie over the weekend she gets you to nexus you do the 25 days there Uh and y'all are still in contact you're still you know marie's visiting you and and you're talking to her every night and um it is a net of love it's a it's a family you've been adopted into a family which is what we know regarding addiction that's actually why you used in the first place. Yeah, and let me back up Because there a was bit. broken family. Let me back up just a little bit because... I have trust
2: issues, and I really, these people were telling me all these things that they're gonna be there for me and they're gonna do this, and we you know. I was hearing all these wonderful things. It was, to me, it was too good to be true. And even when I was at their house, I was always thinking, oh, when are they gonna stop loving me? When am I gonna to be too much? When, is, When is all this goodness gonna stop, you know? <laughs> and I have been one, even with Emily, I, over the years, the love that she gives me, sometimes I would push her away because love would scare me. Mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't know how to accept love because every time I love, I feel like I lose it. And so the, um, I remember Marie looking at me and saying, I said, but you're not going to never come back. You're just dropping me off, and, I'm, and that's it. She says, Angela, I know this is hard. And she said, I know actions are going to speak louder than my words. And her, their actions did yeah. because who was there for me when... I had a visitation day who was there for me when it smiles opening their doors up again. When I got out and I graduated, they were day. mother's day yeah. mother's day. We plant a tree. We have people come over. We have a birthday cake. We have all kinds of things to do in remembrance of my daughter. And also just, it was the most beautiful mother's day I've ever had in my life. Yeah. And, um, what do you want to eat? Steak? Well, I got a steak bigger than my head, you know? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was so cool that they would let me be with them on Mother's Day. Yeah. Mother's Day is a special time between your kids and your mother, and a lot of people like to
0: spend it together, just their family. Yeah. But they let me be a part. And I think the thing that you're hearing in this is in that, you know, and JSL does have great vision for, you know, some extended aftercare programs. I mean, we, we definitely know that there's gaps that need to be filled, but the truth of the matter is the love of a family. And if families and people will open their doors and open their hearts, because there are orphans who are 50 years old. There, there are orphans. There are women who are 50 years old who need a family. And, and Linda is an example of needing a family like this. And so it's just beautiful what the Morgans offered. So, um, I just want to ask now if, If you can talk a little bit before we wrap up, what made this recovery different? Because I know you're just, you're 35 or 37. How many days out? How many days clean do you have? I'm I'm 36 days clean. Okay. So you got 36 days. What made this recovery, because you've been to 18 rehabs probably over your life. Yeah. So... What's different? Did you just run out of gas? Did you finally surrender? Did, what, what's different now about your hope as you move forward? Because now you're in an Oxford house, so you don't live with the Morgans now. You're independently living. You're getting your feet back under, you know, on the ground. You're getting your head clear. You are still connected with the Morgan family. They're still, you know, you don't have a car, so there's still rides and stuff they're helping with. And you're going to soccer games and, but you're living on your own. You're doing your community um, at the Oxford house. But why does this feel different? Well,
2: this time is different because, number one, I did run out of gas, yeah. and I did completely surrender. I, I I really feel like all the years that I was surrendering, I don't know if it was completely me surrendering. I think I was surrendering with people holding my hands up to yeah. surrender me, yeah. and that's just the way I want to look at it. Because this time, I could see I see pictures when God speaks to me, and I can see me just putting both of my arms up to heaven saying, Okay, God, here I am, yeah. because I, I didn't know what else to do with myself. I've never really felt to the point, hopeless, where I didn't care if dead. that bump killed me.
0: Yeah, yeah, you were, yeah. You were at death's door. Yeah,
2: and I, I've never been, I've, I've always been fearful, okay, well, I mean, be careful with these drugs. I don't want to die. I want to still be high and have a good life, but I didn't care anymore. I did not care anymore, and that's why I know I was at the end, and... This time is so different for my recovery. Like I'm in my step study now. Like I take the big book seriously. Yes, yes. I take going to meetings seriously. You have a sponsor. I have a sponsor. I have yes. two sponsors. I have yeah. a sponsor and a sponsor, and which is awesome. And you're going to counseling. I'm going to counseling. <laughs> I'm going to IOP, which is intensive yes. care outpatient. Yes. I'm doing drug classes every day. I'm doing. Not only am I doing that, but I'm also doing a healing book on um, the sex trafficking and stuff mm-hmm. that just. Just idea for that. I'm doing a whole different class, wow. and so I've got so much healing going. And but what really I'm gonna to have to just say this: what really, really this time has really showed me is love. And that's why I love the name Jesus said love, because the love that I have felt and the support that I have felt has given me so much motivation to carry on like none other. And I know some people might take the four letter. Word very lightly, but I don't because love means so much to me. And I have seen that people care. They have risked. I mean, Emily has come before in the hood, and I'm like, Emily, are you crazy? This is the hood. She's risked her life. The Morgans came and picked me up at 11 o'clock with all these bumps coming out, and like risked their life and done things as a sacrifice. They sacrificed for me, sacrificed time for me. They sacrificed for me. And when I saw that, even Emily on her time off with sacrificing her time and her love for me, you know, it meant so much to me, even though I was a little brat and I know that she's forgiven me, but it really does mean a lot to me. And, um, even entering Waco right now, as we're talking, mm. I haven't been here since I was high and I'm yeah. going through meth Med, which is bell yeah. mead. Um, yeah. I call it meth Med, and I'm looking and i see, I know, I know a neighborhood over here and I'm thinking, you know what, it doesn't even affect me like that. Yeah because I know that I have a safety net of love and I'm going back to a life. Right. Like what I was living, I thought was life, was not life. I actually look forward to the days to come. I look, I feel like I have a future. Like the Oxford house, that was a blessing within itself. They were all eight and eight 50 a month per person. That's a lot. That's like yeah. two 12 a month, I mean, I mean a week. Per person and for me I think it oh my goodness I don't have a job yet you know I'm just doing odd jobs he blessed me with a beautiful house that's so peaceful that Emily actually walked in today and saw and it's 470 a month and you couldn't beat that and I've got girls that like they said like you just came home it's like we've known you and I just fit in with them and we all like we're accountable to each other um, and I just love that. And, like, I, I look forward to even—I look forward to today, to coming to Waco and seeing people. But I also look forward to going back home because I know that I
0: have a lot there, and I know that it's just begun. Yeah. And as we come back in to Waco, crossing the Brazos River and, um, yeah, the, the east side, and this is—this was the place, you know, of— as, um, yeah, spiral and and some of the darkest days. And now she is seeing this town with very sober eyes. Now, 30, 36 days out, we got a tight schedule to keep today. Yes. We've got a lot of work to do. Yes. We've got a lot of meetings. We've got a lot of intentional relationships. You are doing some just amends and connection. And she's just grown up girl you are like you are doing the work and <laughs> gotta make sure she looks good um but I just want to say I'm so proud of you and and I have I have great hope for you too and what you said about love is so real yeah where are you pointing out right now I'm pointing to um I lived right
2: by uh, like literally down the street from the uh, stadium the Baylor stadium um, and I was just pointing that out to her because you know that that life over there, like the difference from then and now, and I mean it's just like, uh, yeah. It, um, no, no offense, Baylor Stadium, but right. you know, but that's this is where we're at right now. Was a lot of my running through areas, yes. and um, you know, I I prayed before I came and said, God, I don't, I want it to be, I want it to be. Um, not a bad feeling, but I want to be when I come through here that I can just know that's not who I am anymore. Right? This, Waco's not bad. Right. <laughs> the town itself is not bad, and I love Waco. But it, it's I made it bad because of the choices that I was doing and the people that I was meeting. And there's probably not a store that we could go into right now that I wouldn't run into someone, mm-hmm. especially in this area, which is that's not going to happen. But yeah. because I'm I've got accountability, and I'm so glad that I'm letting. Accountability, Right.
0: So you're doing
2: it. You're choosing be, it. Yes, I chose. I, I asked that I would be covered today mm-hmm. because I knew that coming into Waco was something I needed to do. I've got a little bit of business to take care of and um, a daughter to see. But mm-hmm. I knew that um, I needed complete covering. Not just drop me off and take me home, but complete covering everywhere I go. Yeah. And because... I honestly want this. If I didn't want it, I would already try to manipulate my way back here. But I honestly want sobriety for the first time.
0: And relocation is many times essential to women who have been in the industry, have been in the life, have been struggling with addiction. And, you know, Linda's got a new life where she's at. She has a network of love and support where she's relocated. And uh, sometimes that is absolutely essential. It just, um, yeah, it's it, it literally is the difference between life and death for many people, but you have to choose it. And so women have to choose that and she she's made that brave choice to relocate. Um, well, I, I wanna end with saying this because what you said about love earlier is so powerful to me. Um, there's a quote by Mother Teresa, and it says, Faith in action is love, and love in action is service. Yeah. Wow. And that is, I mean, love— Love is active. Love is service. Love is showing up and saying, I'm not just going to talk the talk. I'm going to walk the walk. Anybody can say, I love you. Anybody can say, God loves you. Yes. But how are we showing that? How are we opening our doors? How are we staying true to our word? How are we, whether it's programs or whether it's um, just having meals with you know people who've walked in different shoes than you have you know what is your service to others look like and that is what keeps us on the path for all of us to recovery and it keeps us connected with the love of god because god's love absolutely has served us over and over and over again so we're excited for today we're excited to see um, and just to stay in touch with Linda and her recovery. But we want to thank you guys for joining us and we'll see you down the road. All right. We'll see everybody.
2: And I'm glad that I could talk to everyone, not under the influence, but under the influence of
0: Jesus. (laughs) All right. Share the love guys. Hey, thanks for joining the Jesus said love podcast. We are so glad you have chosen to awaken hope and empower change with us
1: we want to remind you to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and leave us a review yes. because your voice matters. It's how we get this message into the world.
0: And lastly, be sure to follow Jesus said love on Instagram and Facebook for up to date info and visit the website at Jesus for how you can join the JSL fam
1: until next time.
0: Share the love.